Today, I'm having a conversation with Leticia Pastrana, Executive Director of the Community Services Agency, CSA, of the Metropolitan Washington Council, AFL-CIO. Welcome to the Empowerment Zone with Ramona Houston where we zone in on black and brown relations and our journey to empowering our communities. The CSA is an independent nonprofit organization established to improve the lives of workers and their families by helping to meet their human and social services needs. We talk all about the ways the CSA is impacting and empowering workers and their families through support and educational services. Listen to my conversation with Leticia to learn how this organization, the CSA, has helped people to establish viable careers through their training programs. Enjoy our conversation and see show notes for more information about the CSA. As always, please subscribe to the Empowerment Zone podcast and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Your support will ensure that we continue our journey in empowerment and impact. Thank you. Hello, here at the Empowerment Zone, we're all about empowerment and impact. And I'm so delighted uh, that we are on season four already. And today we have Leticia Pastrana with us. Uh, she's all the way from the DMV, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And she's going to talk to us all about the Community Services Agency, which is a component of the AFL-CIO. Uh, Leticia and I have uh, crossed paths many, many moons ago. I'm not going to say how many moons. <laughs> she just reminded me in our pre-conversation, but um, she has uh, was in Atlanta at one point in time working with the Latin American Association, uh, direct, directing many of their programs there. And uh, now her work is also uh, about community impact and engagement. And she's gonna tell us all about her work at the Community Services Agency. But before she does, we just gotta welcome her to the Empowerment Zone. Hey, Leticia. Thank you, Ramona, how are you? I am doing fine. I loved our conversation before we push record. I can't believe you're from San Antonio. I didn't know you were from there. That's where uh, my family has roots. My daddy's side has roots in, in San Antonio. And actually, my grandfather grew up in the Bernie Fredericksburg area. And who would have known you had family in Bernie? Yes, my mother and my brother, yes. Isn't small town. Small, small town. town. <laughs> small yes. town, yes, yes. Yeah, we grew up going to family reunions in Bernie. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, it's good to hear that our spirits have crossed paths there too. They have, they have, they have, absolutely. Well, welcome to the Empowerment Zone. I'm so happy to have you and to hear about all this great work that you're doing in D.C. Um, so if you could, let's let's talk a little bit about Leticia before D.C., uh, tell me a little bit about your background and, and your work and your professional, personal and professional trajectory into uh, servant leadership. Thank you, Ramona, for having me uh, in your podcast. Um, again, as Ramona was saying that I, I um, have over 18 years working 
uh, in the nonprofit industry. I, uh, I worked in Atlanta for about 12 years. I started with Latin American Association as I was contracted to launch for uh, outreach centers in four different counties because the thought was the logic behind all that, Ramona, was that the Latin American Association is in Buckhead in Atlanta. So our families lived in Gwinnett County, Cobb County, and so forth. So the lot the, the uh, once we did some research on that, I was I was contracted and went out and identified four areas where the need was most needed. And uh, so uh, I opened one in Cobb County and uh, Gwinnett County and so forth. So I was with uh, uh, Latin American Association for about six, seven years before I was contracted to launch a nonprofit organization in Gwinnett County serving again uh, in North Cross serving uh, the community, which is primarily at that time, there was a lot of um, families from uh, Mexico, Guatemala, Latin America, if you will, and uh, the, the town and Gwinnett County couldn't figure out why they don't speak English, why don't they understand the laws, that sort of thing. And um, when I came on, I had to negotiate, present to the mayor and, uh, and, and the city council, and I kind of um, convinced them that this is the way to go. Uh, for us to uh, have a house uh, a dollar a year across the street from the mayor's office. And one of the responses that I, I, I received from the mayor is, uh, she asked me, Ms. Mastrana, will you be paying, uh, playing Mexican music uh, that we were able to hear? And I was saying, I, you know, I just, I thought it was a joke initially. And I said, no, 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 we don't. No, we, what we do is provide services to our families. We had a legal component for those families that needed immigration information. We had a, a youth component uh, for after school and summer programs. And so anyway, they, they approved it and we uh, had a, a, a nonprofit there right across the street in North Cross, Georgia. So uh, shortly after um, I had to move back to my hometown in San, in San Antonio, Texas, because my mother, to care for my mother. And while I was there, I was approached to work at Ella Austin Community Services um, in San Antonio. It's, it's uh, an organization that's been around long, for a long time. Uh, and I was contracted to be the COO. This was an organization that used to be an orphanage for black children. Uh, years back, and now it's a pretty big or, or was a big organization providing services not only to families, at a senior center, they had, uh, they had like four departments, early head start, if you will, so that was great. Then I moved back to DC, and once I was here, um, I was, uh, I have friends here, uh, my children's father uh, and I used to live here in the 80s. Uh, he, he's an attorney, so he worked very closely with Marion Barry uh, and also the uh, DC lottery. He was counsel for the DC lottery. And so I said, well, I was here with my daughter. She went to Howard University after graduation, she stayed. And so I came back and I said, Marion, let me stay with you. And so I did, and I was uh, approached if I wanted to be the executive director 
of this nonprofit now, Community Services Agency of the Metro Washington Council is the, it, uh, is the nonprofit arm of the Metro Washington Council and is an affiliate of the AFL-CIO, the labor union. And uh, it's, it's a national labor union organization. Uh, we're located right next to the White House, if you will. And we serve uh, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. There's uh, over, as I understand, over 300 local unions in the three states, representing families in the labor of, uh, Library of Congress, this is federal workers, uh, all the hotels, and uh, um, uh, there's a labor unions now in Starbucks. Um, so there's huge labor unions. And right now we're, um, we're, um, we're protesting, if you will, strike uh, in, uh, because of the three uh, automobile uh, manufacturers, um, huge group, huge family. They're in the process of negotiations, as I understand. So my role as, a, uh, as the executive director of the community service agency is when it's, it's just that helping serving families that are in need. Uh, we have two core programs, Ramona. One of the programs that we have is the, um, the Emergency Assistance Fund. This is a, a program that, not, uh, that we offer families that um, they're on strike and or they're laid off with no pension, no, no funds, no, uh, you know, no salary. And they may have, they may be facing unique circumstances where they need rental assistance, they need food, utility assistance. So that's when they contact my office and we provide them with that support. Uh, we also have, and our, our, our second core program that we have is the Building Futures uh, pre-apprenticeship construction program. Uh, and this program was developed 10 years ago, I believe. And uh, this program is to provide um, the students a, uh, an opportunity to um, view all the building traits, to experience all the building traits in, in, in the United States, the plumbers, the electricians. Um, uh, and, um, and so what we do, we expose them. We have a, a, quite a bit of apprenticeship programs here in Maryland, DC and Virginia. And uh, what I've done, so once the program is over, which is six weeks, uh, the students have the opportunity to get certified in OSHA 10, get certified in CPR. And um, once they finish, our role is to place them in the apprenticeship program. Um, uh, to place them in the apprenticeship program, they'll be there until they get reach their journeyman, which is like six years. During that time, um, they are working uh, as well as learning. But they're on salary, their, their health insurance is paid for 100%. They have all the support they need from the unions. And then of course, once they reach journeymen and so forth, um, you know, they can, their salaries are, they do well. Let's just put it, electricians do very well, plumbers do very well. But that is our goal to make sure that they're exposed to all of the, so this is not just a job, this is really a career for our students. 
Uh, our students are very diverse. Um, we have ages from 18 to 50, 55. We have individuals that uh, re-entry. We welcome them. We work with CISOSA, uh, where there's a lot of individuals that are um, probation people. They've been in prison, um, gosh, it's been my experience, 20, 30, 40 years in prison, and then they're releasing. They're like, this is not the same DC I left. So um, they're relearning, if you will, uh, DC, the city of DC, and we have them in our program. And actually, they do very, very well. They they're in our six week program, and then we place them. They work hard. Um, we have one person that's been in the apprenticeship program and during that for about ten years, and that is success. The program is designed using research-based information. I, everything I do is using best practices. And uh, and I think that this is why it's so successful. And uh, and, and in this program, uh, we're in the community. I, my, my office is the only office downtown. Now this program is in the community. Uh, Howard University School of Psychiatry is in the basement. They, they have two or three um, um, social workers and also uh, students. Um, uh, senior level student, uh, master level students. And so when we have all the resources, the mayor gives us uh, quite a bit of the tools and, and, and resources that we need to help to help the, the, the students because most of the students, I would say the majority of the students are from, from um, if you know, Southeast DC, Anacostia, low income families. Um, and so, um, so we try to you know, prepare them not only uh, to, to show them a trade, but also interview processes, uh, what to wear. Uh, uh, we don't accept anyone on drugs. Uh, we always tell them you can go downstairs to uh, Howard University's uh, clinic. However, we cannot take you right now until you, know, you have tested because we test everyone. Uh, that participates in the program. And then, uh, of course, this Friday, we have um, the mayor's office uh, is uh, very interested in women participating in, um, in, in the pre-apprenticeship program, becoming nutritions and so forth. And uh, so we get, we got received extra funding for that. And um, so we have 10, 12 women, young women, very young women that will be graduating on Friday. Um, they, the, one of the issues, Ramona, as you know, we're unique as women. Oftentimes we have children that, um, and I think this is something that not only the mayor, but everyone else needs to understand. We need childcare for us to participate in, in such program or work or, or go to school, that sort of thing. So that has become an issue, but this, this group that's graduating on Friday is a very young This this I know, I've got it. I, I'm really um, excited to hear about this program. You know, we both know the value of unions, right? Yes. Uh, in, in making sure that workers have uh, resources to make sure that they are paid well and compensated right. and fairly. Um, and so to hear that this union created, union created the community services agency and looking at the services you all provide, like you stated, emergency assistance, 
uh, to families as well as educational and professional development opportunities for uh, to expose young people to the various mm -hmm. trades yes. uh, that they can pursue as professionals. When you look at that, why do you think it was the unions who created such a program as the community services uh, agency? Well, the the so as I mentioned, the Metro Washington Council uh, is the one that created the nonprofit arm. But there are affiliates, and and this is uh, Metro Washington Council office is located nationwide. So there's a, a council office in New York. I'm, I'm working with them now. There's a all the, all the way across the United States. It is the council, and I think it's important because. From my standpoint is if you want to increase your union membership, this is what you do. If you wanna uh, improve economic, uh, go into economic development, improve it in communities such as Southeast. When I, when I say Southeast and DC, it's just like, oh, DC. Yes, when you, you everyone's capable of learning and, um, and so, and that's economic development. I think, uh, I think it's it's a positive thing for for the unions to think about. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna work with you, Leticia, because apprenticeship programs. Keep in mind, Ramona, they have to take a test before they go in, uh, and so. You know, I, I participate in the in in the in the delegates meeting and the councils meeting. Uh, and I just, you know, and, and it's good to pretend like, well, I wasn't pretending, but I was new and I didn't quite understand because I've been there two and a half years. But the first year I was asking, why not the apprenticeship programs accept our students? Can I do an MOU, a memorandum of understanding that you will accept? And I know that was bold because I saw some of my board members looking at me. You know, that was pretty bold, but it, 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 from my standpoint, it's it's a it's it. We can resolve it really quickly. You, the plumbers, local five, except two to three students at every graduation, every cohort that we have. You have two or three potential union members. I mean, it, it, you know. So I presented this. I you know the whole design, and uh, so we have currently we have to two apprenticeship programs that are have signed on, the electricians and the um, the plumbers. So which is which is great. Well and I also love the fact uh, that um, in it that you are all you also have a focus on women, women's experience in yes. experiences in the workplace is very different from men because our one of our primary roles is is uh, raising children and having access to childcare is very important. That is correct. That is correct. And and I will tell you, Ramona, that most recently uh, uh, I received the Forbes a copy of the Forbes magazine, and I see a woman climbing a building, and I said, "Wow, that's bold." Turns out that's my niece in in Austin, Texas. She works for uh, the city of Austin. She's an electrician. She's like 29, 30 years old. There is careers and like, and you get paid, you know, six, six digits and above with all the benefits. And I'm thinking, yeah, we, we can do this. 
us women can do this. And not only that, after you get your journeyman and your masters and so forth, you can also have a business as well. You know, so there's a lot of opportunities for both men and women in this industry. So when you look at uh, impact, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you know, as a servant leader, this community services agency is just a means for you to, to for you to make impact in the community. In your opinion, what type of impact are you making? Like, what is the difference that community services agency is making that no one else is making in the community? That's a good question. I think that the impact we're having, um, and and keep in mind, uh, Ramona, everything we do, we measure and and input the data because we receive a lot of federal uh, grants um, uh, from different foundations and, and organizations and, and including a government grant from the mayor's office. Uh, I think that everything we do, Ramona, is measured and is entered and, 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 and uh, this data collection um, where uh, we can see improvement. 20 people go in, 15 graduate, and 15 get placed in jobs. We follow them for one whole year because success is not just happy, because oftentimes we have to change uh, or modify, if you will, behaviors. You just don't get a job that's paying you $40, $50 an hour, and then you walk out or, or you get angry. So during these six weeks, we uh, we have Howard University come upstairs and, and talk to our students you know, about our behaviors, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And so we, we provide all these resources for them to be prepared for them to be placed in the apprenticeship program. So our success rate is, is right now is at 78%. That's great. And keep 78% that are placed, successfully placed with an, uh, an apprenticeship program or an employer. Uh, what we struggle with, our challenges is that marijuana it's legal, Ramona. It's regal, illegal. I remember last year, I saw this young girl, 18, 19 years old, in, for, in front of Georgetown University. They had people sign up for COVID shots and uh, and they'll give you a cylinder with a marijuana joint on there. Huh. And that just kind of blew my, my mind away. I go, oh, I'm trying to work so hard to get our young adults off of, of marijuana. I think that's the number one reason because you cannot climb a building when you're high. <laughs> you cannot work with, you know, uh, electric, electricity when you're high. And I think that this is why it's a 78% because we did, we dismissed you. We don't, we don't, we were the, the, uh, our program manager, she's very strict and in and the in the the system she uses to accept students is 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 a good one. Uh, and uh, we have uh, before I hired her two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, you would have students coming in. Of course, they were high end, and 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 because we give them a stipend, some students come in and just you know get their stipend and, and they just leave. So I think that uh, moving forward in the last year and a half, uh, last year and a half, 
we've been, you know, uh, the selection process is more rigid, if you will, more, you know, it, 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 we, we do drug test you. We, you, we do do a, a, a basic middle school level math, that sort of thing, to make sure that we get the best students we can. Mm-hmm. But that, that has been a challenge. Yeah, um, dealing with that issue of, um, you know, drugs may be a challenge, you know, in terms of admissions yes. program, but those that you get in the program, I'm sure you're making your your impact. And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, we focus on in my agency, Kali Ross Strategies, is making mm-hmm. impact in communities. And that's right. You have that's right. the community services agency that is making impact with families as Mm -hmm. well as with individuals. So when you look at that, when it's all said and done, what do you want the legacy of the community services agency to have in the community and the impact that you wanna make in the community? What difference do you wanna say, hey, after it's all said and done, we did this, we accomplished this, this is our legacy in the community? Uh, that that is a very good question, Ramona. Uh, we've been in the community, I believe, for nine years, and it's been uh, uh, it's been all positive. I think um, now it's it's uh, every year it's a good it's good to adjust, modify the program, what worked, what didn't, and analyze uh, what you know what partners we're going to align ourselves with. Right now, we have Howard University, and we have quite a bit of partners, uh, CSOs, as I mentioned before, probation officers, um, that provide us with the resources. The, the, the impact that we're having is uh, the reentry individuals that have been released and they're under probation. They, they come into the class with the monitors and their ankles, no judgment. And the good thing is that they're placed and they stay working they made a, a change in their families. So someone is taking, you know, I'm not gonna mention names here, but there are, there's a, a son who's taking care of his mother who's elderly. That's, impact, that's positive impact. Uh, we have currently on Friday, as I mentioned before, we have an all women's uh, pre, uh, building futures pre-apprenticeship program. And she's there. So she's studying uh, to be placed. She's about 55. She has two daughters that are there and a son. Her other son went through our program last year and he's, he's doing amazing work, right? So she says, okay, I brought my two daughters. Uh, this son, he's not really mine biologically, but I'm taking care of him because he's from the community and that's how we do it. And so the hope, you know, her hope is to make positive change positive back in when she told me this story I'm, I'm I'm going to recognize her at one of our events because I think that she goes I don't have an education Leticia but I know what's good building futures is good so just to hear that we're doing something right Ramona and when we go to um, the probation office uh, office or we go to Baloo High School everyone recognizes us uh, oh yeah I heard so and so is working, is doing really well. So we are making an impact in the community. But again, uh, we work, we align ourselves with other other nonprofits in the area. We're inside the DC Dream Center, which um, if you look it up on the website, 
Uh, it's, it's a huge building. It's like five, five floors. That's where our, our program site is. Uh, Ernest uh, Clover is the, the CEO. He's amazing. And uh, he's, he's, he's amazing. And so we all work together. Howard's downstairs, Dr. Gloria King, we all kind of, you know, come to meet with each other. Oh, Leticia, have you heard of this new technique and that sort of thing? So we're always looking at new ways to help in our community because it's, Ramona, it's, it's not an easy job. It's, uh, it's not an easy job. So, but it's, it's, it definitely feels good. It feels good. So if anybody wants to be involved in, uh, in your programming or uh, if any families need support in terms of emergency assistance, how would they get into with you? They will call me directly. Yes, so <laughs> I'm in charge of the, the, the funds, if you will. So they will call me directly and I have an assistant uh, or they will call the assistant uh, directly and they would um, contact me and I would write the checks. So we have Leticia Pastrana here today. And as you know, Leticia, we're big advocates for college and higher education. So I want to get that strategy from you that you think students should uh, take from you in order to be successful in college. So tell me, what college did you attend? What were your majors or degrees? And what is that strategy you would give students to ensure that they're successful in college? I went to school in California. Uh, the, the, the college was called California State University Hayward. And my bachelor's degree, uh, my bachelor's degree is in health services administration. I was focused on working in a hospital uh, and uh, in leader in leadership role. I've never worked in a hospital to date. I've always worked in a nonprofit. I like to see results and 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 feel good that change change is coming, Ramona. And so uh, I've been working in nonprofit for a long time, for a long time. And I think one of the most important, because uh, I mentor adolescent girls, like young adults, if you will. Also in, in Atlanta, I, I mentored four girls, young girls that came to me that they, it was during the time that um, immigration um, was kind of crazy and they could only go to high school. In, in, in the state of Georgia. Uh, and uh, so they came to me at, at, uh, at uh, the, um, the, where I was working at, Latin American Association. She goes, we, you know, I have a 3.8, I have a 4.2. Why can't I go to Georgia State? What? So I'm not gonna mention any names. So that this is Leticia working. I called the president of Georgia State and I called, um, the Fanning Institute in University of Georgia. Uh, we used to sit on our board and I worked something out. Those four girls, um, the, the three girls are att immigration attorneys. And then there's one that lives over here. She's married and she lives in, in Maryland and they, they're doing very well. And so I have this thing. Um, so I, right now I currently mentor two girls, two young women and the tools that is required to make good decisions, I feel is find someone, surround yourself 
with people that can provide you the tools for success. College, you know, what's, what's my first step in college? What do I need to do? Guide me. What do you think? I want to do, you know, I want to major in uh, humanities. What does that mean? Um, financial literacy and so forth. In, in, in Georgia, it was very interesting because, uh, um, you, you know, my mother's um, uh, Mexican uh, from Mexico. And uh, it was very interesting to me to, when I was working in Latin American Association, to find young women at 15, 16 years old wanting to get married, you know, and, and it was okay. And so I had to talk to the parents and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to rent a van and we're going to go to University of Georgia and I'm going to set it up so they can talk to professors that look like them. And, and, uh, and we, on the way up there, I'm driving the van, by the way. And so I had like seven, eight girls in the van and the conversations were about boyfriends and all that. Once they got there, they, they didn't realize what a dorm was dormitory they got a visit so exposure Ramona is everything it is everything if you've never seen it how do you expect them to go anywhere on the way back I'm driving and the and the conversation is totally different I mean I'm gonna ask my dad no I, I I'm gonna ask him that I'm gonna, I want to go to um uh, you you know University of Georgia. I want to go to Georgia State because that's closer to home. The conversation changed, so exposure it's huge. And so what we do at Building Futures, we give them a field. We take them on a field trip to the Plumbers Local Five, uh, so they can see it's almost like a college, um, and they can see all the different compartments uh, on how to do uh, plumbing. You go to the electricians, which is a huge building, and, and the same thing. So they get to see this is this is what it could be if you choose electrician. So exposure. And, and so, go ahead. Yes, these are two great pieces of advice uh, for college students. Surround yourself with advocates, supporters, and champions who will propel your success. You want to be around affirming people. And secondly, get into those programs that will provide you to that will expose you. Exposure is so important. How can you even aspire to do something that you never heard of or ever seen? So exposure is so important. Thank you so much, Leticia, for the great advice. It is so valuable. A special thank you to the incredible team of the Empowerment Zone. Terry Gully, theme song, Nad Works, digital support, and of course, our featured guest.